Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and god damn it, we like beer. Oh my god. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Small Gods by Terry Pratchett, one of the many, many Discworld novels, and someone starting with a beer. This beer is called MC Squared by Equilibrium, which we have had before, uh, because this book is about religion, but it's also kind of about science, and I didn't have any other options, so that's what I'm having. (laughs) (laughs) Necessity is the mother of invention, like science. Yep. The beer balanced, this is a double IPA, beer balanced by science, and it is 8% alcohol. Yeah, and it's uh, it's good. It's very good. I took my kid to the library today for like a, you know, craft thing where you get 45 minutes of peace. You could dump your kid on someone else. And the librarian was this old lady who I've dealt with. And she's like, oh, I don't know where fairy tales are. Like, she's a very strange lady. And she was overwhelmed with these children. And I just heard her at one point like, Lauren, can you bang the scissors? And then she's like, I don't know where they are right now. And then I just heard the old lady go. Necessity is the mother of an invention. And then she disappears. Like, I don't know if that's a good sign. That lady's a room full of children. <laughs> She's looking to cut something. She's got two knives. She's going to yeah. smush them together. She's like, oh, invention. <laughs> he just vanished. My kid was fine. I don't know. <laughs> she lived. But, but I, when I hear that quote now, all I'm thinking is this frazzled old woman <laughs> trying to make ladybugs with four year olds. Okay, so this is our second Discworld novel. It is. And our second and a half Terry Pratchett book, because <laughs> we did, um, uh, what the fuck was it called? Good Omens. Good Omens. A long ass time ago. And uh, it is apparently the 13th Discworld novel. Not that those numbers matter. Uh, and it is one of the, like, it could stand alone, though. I'm sure these characters appear in other things. Like, for example, death appears briefly in a couple of sections. So you could tell that they overlap. And it starts off with a lot of shit about tortoises and eagles. <laughs> You're like, what does that matter? Okay. But it's the same plot as American Gods. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. That's, that's what it is. It is similar, but goofier. Well, yes. It has, it's it, British British Gods. <laughs> that's what it is. If Monty Python wrote American Gods. But it takes place in the Discworld, and apparently in the Discworld universe, the by believing in a god, you make the god real, and the god becomes more powerful the more god, people believe in it. And then when no people believe in the god anymore, it dis- it like disappears. It becomes one of the small gods. And then oh, you know, well, if you're going to mention that, I guess I'll just drink this fucking thing. Man, if I uh, this is called Power Up <laughs> from Bronx Brewery, and it's a, what the fuck is this? It's a Rice India Pale Ale brewed with passion fruit. I don't know what a Rice India Pale Ale is, but we'll see. It's. It's okay. It's fine. It's not super fruity. It's all right. It's it's very nice because the air conditioning is off, and this is the coldest thing I've felt in a long time. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. Except your heart. No, now that they've. I can't feel my own heart from the funeral home. Does it have a? Does it have like a binding quality from the rice? Like <laughs> I, don't, I think maybe they're, trying, maybe they're trying to make Bud Light palatable and say, like, look, you could make beer with rice and not because it's much it's much better than Bud Light. It tastes like a a lightly fruited, you know, beer. I just I don't understand. 
Well, it's funny you say that because apparently the only way to make Bud Light less palatable was to make it fruitier by putting a trans person on the can for a hot second. And then literally people would stop drinking second. it. <laughs> They're like, no, this can't be had. How that dare happened. they? How, right? Not Madness. my Bud. Uh, okay, so uh, the main god of the many gods that are in this world is Om. Um, or whatever the fuck it is. So, okay. The, this part, I have, I've read some Discworld novels, but not all of them. Or, or, like, kind of a few. But this one kind of takes place in a part that isn't in other books, or at least the other ones I've read. This is in the city of... Who knows? I don't care. Uh, but... Omnia. Om, isn't it called Omnia? Omnia that's right. Yeah. Because uh, you've got this thing where this tortoise is actually, like... Um, the book starts with the tortoise being dropped to the ground, dropped by an eagle to the ground, but it doesn't die because it's a god, and it's dropped into the courtyard of a abbey or monastery. monastery. Yeah, there you go, monastery. And the god is there because this is the time. This is the, the, going to be the time of the eighth prophet of Om, and so Om has come to Earth uh, to find the eighth prophet, but the prophet is in the body of a tortoise and first he had to wander in the desert for three years just as a tortoise but he only made it into the abbey i mean into the monastery because an eagle picked him up and then dropped him in as apparently eagles do that to tortoises sometimes to eat them yeah they do and it, like seagulls do it with like clams and shit too a lot of birds have figured out how to do that with uh, dropping walnuts onto asphalt and shit like that next step the combustion engine that's true. Once they develop opposable wings, it's over. <laughs> Nothing will be able to oppose them. And so uh, the tortoise, who is the god Om, talks to the only other person in the courtyard who can hear him. Yeah, which and who, who the, he only this one person can hear him, and it's a novice, and his name is Brother, which is just brother with an English accent. And he is also a brother, or he will be. It didn't say he was black, Jimmy. Didn't say he wasn't. <laughs> and uh, clearly, so this part of the book is about monotheism, and it's about the Catholic Church, and it's about the Inquisition. But okay, so the tortoise says, you know, find me a melon. I'm hungry. But then it starts giving orders to brother. But brother's like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, I, I don't see, like, who is speaking to me? I can't even see you. And it's like, I'm down here. Bring me a melon, or I command you to plant more lettuce. And the other, the other people don't hear, but but like it should be known that brother is a big dummy. <laughs> like he is, he's a little slow. It's it's the stereotype of the big dumb retarded guy. Like in the beginning, but then he magically becomes smart, as if it was really that he was just not exposed, not exposed to things. I think the prophet like, powers got him. Yeah, he he was he was a dummy for a while there. But he also has uh, magic powers of memorization that will be handy throughout Just the Just like plot. the bad guy in uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. I was thinking of the natural from Fool. Yeah, actually, that's what it reminded me of as mm. well. This does have a this has, does it definitely has a Fool tone to it, too. Yeah, I, mean, I think if you like Terry Pratchett books, you will like Christopher Moore books. They are in the same shelf of the Barnes & Noble, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Clever, smart, uh, funny books for nerds, and so he could hear. And then the and the other character you meet, you meet, you meet a bunch of other monks. But you meet Vorbis, which I think is like mail order catalog where old people buy sweaters. And uh, 
There's Orvis, right? Isn't that a thing? Orb, <laughs> so, uh, is it? It is. I have I have purchased things through my in-laws from there. Uh, so it is. Oh, it's like an LLB okay. type thing. Okay. So um, Vorbis is the leader of the what they just call the Quisition. So it's not the Inquisition. It's not the Inquisition, <laughs> but they do allude to the Exquisition. <laughs> It is just the Quisition, but it's the same exact thing. They're rooting out heretics and torturing them. And he is the Machiavellian leader of that. But the heretics there, uh, they're, they're hunting are the people who think that the world is flat. And so in Discworld, the world really is flat. And it is on the, it's on the disc, and it's just a flat disc on the back of a giant turtle in space. Turtle. Uh, mm-hmm. But the religion, omni, omnism, om, omnia, um, what, whatever. Um, omnianism, whatever, on, omnism, the world is round. And so the Quisition is out to find people who think the world is flat and punish them. But there's a, there's a conspiracy to ooh, rise up. And, you know, clearly this is about Galileo. And yeah, the, and it's, it's funny that it's, the opposite, like they they they're like, no, the Earth is a perfect is a sphere and it moves around. Obviously, that's obvious. <laughs> and it, and there's like, no, it's a flat thing. <laughs> it's like, uh, like did Joe Rogan write this part of the book, and so you He's know, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of references to Galileo, and and it comes up. I think a couple of times people say, and and yet it moves, meaning the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a quote from Galileo, a leg, uh, you know, attributed the, the, to Galileo. It was, the, it was their uh, like passphrase to say that they're in on the cult. Who's around the turtle? They're like, "Hey, the turtle moves, man!" And they're like, "Oh, the turtle moves," but they but, literally mean the turtle is is moving because people have seen it looking over the edge of Discworld. Allegedly, Galileo said that phrase. Though it's one of those things like it's hmm. probably more myth than truth, but like apocryphal. When he was, yeah, when he was put under house arrest for saying that the earth moved around the sun, which was because it contradicted a couple of lines in the Bible that weren't really that clear. There were the lines in the Bible that were the Catholic Church built all of this belief on, much like much of the other stuff they built belief <laughs> on, was built on a couple of lines and interpreting them in one specific way. Like, there's a line early on, like, the God, God made the earth and it is fixed. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean, like... It, it was broken, and they fixed it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now, uh, but they transferred them, and they, or they did whatever, and they said, and yet it moves, or the Latin, which is like "eper si move" or whatever the fuck it is. And I, I was reading our like, I don't think anyone. There's not a hard proof he said that. I think it's just a myth. But people were saying that like it's funny, right? If you uh, know this bit of history, that they're saying. The Earth is flat. <laughs> it's on the back of a turtle, and they're quoting Galileo to the Inquisition types. It's like, ah, ah, ah it's very funny the first time, and then it happens <laughs> eleven more times. Um, so that was that was something that was going on. It should be noted noted that they live in this country that supposedly Om is the only god, and they all worship him, and yet he is weak from having no believers. In fact, his only real believer is brother brother who uh and he's like i don't know what's going on everyone here is all about you and of course that is much more social commentary that this is yeah. very much like an idea from uh the screw tape letters with c.s lewis 
which we've never read and probably shouldn't. It's like uber Christian propaganda. But mm, don't like that. The book is written as letters from a demon to like an apprentice demon or something like that. But you only get his letters, so you have to like put together his you get his responses. And it's him giving advice to the to the demon of how to how to corrupt this person. And one of the things that the demon says is Get him to pray to the cross, not to God. Get him to pray to the cross. That's not the same thing. And you confuse people like the idols and all that shit. And that's clearly what's happening here. The people are praying to the symbolism of the church. They're praying to the institutions of the church. They're not actually praying to the God anymore. And they live in fear of the very real inquisition, the real humans of earth. That's what they're complying with. And that's why, what's the fucking name? Tortoise Man. Ohm Which has never happened powerless. in real life, of course. No. That's, the <laughs> imagination of Terry Pratchett is unbelievable. <laughs> so, okay. Ohm is out to get use uh, Brother to convince more people to believe in him. But first he has to kind of convince Brother that he's real. And then a bunch of other things have to happen. And, he, and at the same time, Vorbis, as head of the Coalition, is uh, going to has the secret plot to go to the city of Aphib. Aphib. The city of Aphib on the other side of the sea to, uh, well, he's going to pretend to go there and like sign a like treaty with them, the city-state of Aphib. But instead, his plan is to go there and actually attack them and uh, take them over. But... Uh, but first he has to go there kind of as the Inquisition. Uh, and once he finds out that brother has a perfect memory, he can't read or write, but he remembers every single thing that he sees and every single thing that happens to him. And they bring, uh, they like, uh, like bring brother through a room and, and then they're like, so what did you see there? Oh, well, I saw this, 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 this. They just names all these things. An incredible detail, too. Like, there was the letter above the door had a chip in it on the left-hand side about an inch away. Like, as if he's just studying a, or recalling a photograph. Very convenient plot tool. Yes. And so Vorbis is like, I'm going to take this, this novice to on the, as he'll be my secretary. When we go to Aphib. And so they do. They take a uh, ship across the sea and they, uh, they go to Greece. Yeah. And so Aphib, <laughs> which is clearly meant to be Athens, Greece, ancient Athens. So they get there and there are all these philosophers, uh, one of which is just this old man walking completely naked in the street. And the guy's like, Did you have an idea in the bathtub again? And that was one of them. It's a Archimedes yeah. reference, right? Mm-hmm. The Eureka thing. Aphib is a Greek word, though. It's a it's a young man. I don't know if that's intentional. If that means anything, or we just like like that was a category of of Greek like uh, manhood of adolescence or whatever it was. Being an Aphib was a beardless youth. And Jimmy and I had to swear an oath of Aphibic loyalty in high school. Oh God, I forgot about that. I don't know what that <laughs> fucking word meant. They never the told Aphibic us. oath, yeah. We had to take the Aphibic oath every year in high school. <laughs> I don't remember what that oath even was. I guess I didn't oath it very good. And it was, <laughs> and why? 
It was, it was a, a loyalty pledge to America. Yeah, it was. God, it was fight against it, godless it communism. Was, it was really to Queens, New York, because <laughs> <laughs> was that the that, like fuck? I won't leave. I leave my sit my city not less better than, than I, I found, feed. Yeah. yeah, whatever the fuck it was. That's how I'm it not going to cheat on a test, and I'm going to go to college to keep this school's uh, stats up, and I'm going to do good stuff. And I'm going to leave my city not less, but greater than I found it. And we'd say this, and you were like 14. You were like, okay. What's it a Phoebic? It's a half day. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that shit. Okay. That was, that I guess it was like that. a young personhood oath. Yeah. Well, I mean, because our school was big on traditions, and when it originally was a school in the whatever the twenties or whatever, it was all only an only boys school. So that was probably oh, true, a, a yeah. holdover from that. You think a school that taught ancient Greek would have like. Fucking taught us what that word meant. Fucking <laughs> 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 like, no. <laughs> they were too busy inculcating us to do their bidding, apparently. Yeah. Which was to take the national Latin exam <laughs> and study for your SATs. <laughs> it was their bidding. Did I take that test? I don't know. I, I, mean, I was one of the few people who didn't take it because I fucking failed Latin every semester. <laughs> Much like so, people in this story who didn't speak Latin, probably. They do say, uh, at a point, they do say that the turtle moves in Latin, and I recognized it because I feel bad for cheating through Latin in high school, so I've learned some since and uh, recognized <laughs> it. So I guess then, the church does use Latin phrases. It's a thinly veiled metaphor. If thin is like saran wrap. With holes in it. <laughs> it's like, like if you could have translucent Swiss cheese. <laughs> Less calories. So then they... Um, so they make it to a feeb they, and... And they meet a, a bunch of philosophers. Yeah. So a bunch of philosophers. The main one you meet is Didactylos, who... Which means two fingers. Ew. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was like a British, like the two fingers middle, you know, fuck off uh, symbol yeah, yeah. reference, or I was just overthinking it at that point. It very well could be that. Because he was like a go fuck yourself type guy. Was he, a, was he like a Diogenes type, the guy who lived in a barrel? The cynic, yeah. He is kind, kind of a cynic. He was a homeless... Dis, like they, there was a line like, he could be accused of not bathing often enough because he never bathed or something like that. It was one of the yeah. british kind of jokes about Didactylos. And he makes a very small living selling proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> and a lady, and when you first meet him, when you first meet him, a lady is there, somebody's there, or his like um, assistant is like, oh yeah, that lady had real bad luck last night. She wants her money back on that, on that proverb. It's like there's plenty of good mileage in that proverb. Yeah, the um, proverb was, it's always darkest before the dawn. She stayed up all night. It was actually quite light before dawn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which apparently is true. It is not darkest before dawn. Yeah, that's how light I mean, works. It depends on when you say like, it is darkest before dawn, just not immediately before dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're if you're counting dawn from the time you see the light, then yes. <laughs> right. It's like when when you, you get the weather report and they're like sundown is at eight seventeen. You're like, I still fucking see shit. Like that's <laughs> the same thing for for them. It's a weatherman joke, clearly. So yeah, there's lots of funny little things like that, and he has his... They, uh, they go to a bar. <laughs> they go to a bar where all the philosophers are arguing, and they ask, so are there... Are gods real? You know, and the philosophers are like, well, we don't know, and then one gets struck by lightning, <laughs> and it's just like smoking yeah. sand, sandals, just smoking. Like, anyways, uh, 
Well, they go through insulting a bunch of different gods, and then the guy goes, and then there's, I forget what the name was, the, the snow god, and he's like, wait a second. Where's the snow line from here? And it's about 200 miles. Like, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he can't hurt us. <laughs> We're in the safe zone here. Um, and so they have to go to the library, which is supposed to be the Great Library of Alexandria. Clearly. Uh, they have to go because Alm wants to know, like, why, if I'm a god, why am I so powerless? And, like, what is the deal with this? Why am I a tortoise? That can barely do anything. Because he's trying to... He, he spent a lot of time as a very powerful god doing god stuff and turning into other animals and, you know, doing Zeus stuff, you know. He used to be a Probably bull. banging ladies. And then he turned into a turtle, and now he can't turn back. I'm sorry, a tortoise for all you amphibian pedants. Um, <laughs> he turned into a tortoise, and now he cannot turn back. And, and Brother is the only one that can hear him. And he's weaker when Brother's not around. And so there's the section in the library, which is about, like, the nature of knowledge, because the Omnians are all incredibly sure. They're like, this is the way it is. God made it. God all made everything. And the, and the priests are infallible, completely infallible and stuff like that. And because God would have, why would God, why would Alm have the priests have wrong ideas that just that just wouldn't happen uh but yet the philosophers are like yeah we're just kind of not really sure like we just don't know we don't know about so we like and we have when we have new ideas like we change our minds and then and brother who is like wait there's knowledge you're not sure of oh my god uh which is you know the whole thing about science versus religion Stupid plot where, okay, so this whole thing where Vorbis goes, where for, uh, Vorbis, they want to like try and take over and they want to attack. And there's this thing with the tyrant, which is supposed to be Pericles, I was thinking. I, I don't know if, I mean, wasn't Pericles' big thing like robbing the Delian League to build the Parthenon? Wasn't that his? Sure, yeah. I have no fucking idea. Um, anyway, because it's I supposed to be a I democracy, mean, I, I t- but yet he kind of well, well, tyrants were like usurper types who'd like, but I, I like, they do go through, and this is a, I mean, it's funny that it's clearly Greece, even though they're wearing togas, which is not a Greek thing. Um, gets in the way of the man the boy love. covers them, yeah. But the... Uh, they just wore a thin coat the, of the, olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they uh, have... Gotta stay uh, ready. They talk about the slaves and how there's like so many slaves... Which was true of of democratic Athens, which was also like, by the way, like thirty years. Athens, Athens, democratic golden age. They've really been fucking clinging to that for a long time over there. Yeah, it was like a generation, and they were like, "Fuck it, Stavros, <laughs> no." <laughs> well, now they just have diners. So yeah. Well, then it just two thousand short years later, they'd invent putting columns on a coffee cup. <laughs> like we're back on top, uh, but they had, <laughs> but. They talk about this, like, anyone could vote as long as you weren't a slave and you hadn't, you know, or a woman by, like, not paying taxes, doing something stupid, or being a woman. Because in Democratic Athens, it was like 15% of the human beings were actually able to vote, which was a big improvement than previous forms of government. But, you know, people, people don't always know those details. They're like, oh... Democracy is like not really. It was like, it was like the, the beginning elite of America men. too. Yeah, it's a very large oligopoly. It's not like oligarchy. 
olive oil rules. Oh, there's olive oil too, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was olive thinking olive oil, oil. rules, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this whole thing where uh, Vorb, they like attack and like Vorbis is like orders that the library gets bur- has burned down. Like you need to he burn will- it down, but first brother goes in and he reads all the scrolls, except he can he can know what they what the words are on the page, but he doesn't know what any of it means. And it's like he's taking a picture. Yeah, like he's like scanning them, but he doesn't like get it. And he's like suddenly he's like, oh, he like recites the formula for the volume of a sphere, and he's like, but but what is a pie doing there? <laughs> what is a pie? Yeah, and then he's like, oh, and then. He's for the rest of the book. He's just like when someone asks a question, he just immediately has this very like dictionary fact about it. But then he's like, "But I don't know what that means." Like, I don't know what that word means. They didn't give me a dictionary. <laughs> this but he, is, I mean, yeah, he magically knows the education system in America. Uh, mm. Was it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm sure someone thinks that though. I'm sure, I mean, if you go through, there's like 40-something Discworld novels. He must have parodied everything at some point. Like, I remember, it's a parody of Discworld. I'm sure they're, I'm sure that's in there everywhere. That's like central to British humor is self-mockery. <laughs> so then they eventually try to flee. And we left, there's a whole thing about the labyrinth, and there's this complicated, but he, of course, can memorize, oh... We took 17 strides, and then we just paused and did a left turn, blah, 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 blah. So they're able to escape. But but also then there's another monk with them, Simony, right? Simony is the head of Vorbis's guard who is a traitor. He's secretly he, a turtle lover. He's a turtle lover. And because he, he's from one of the conquered territories. So it's him, Simony, who's, you know, kind of like Simon, but not. Well, simony um, is a is also a church term. That's when you would sell, and like, it's, it's when you buy your office. You like yeah, buy you, your job. Essentially, it's kind of like in order like to become to be a deacon. In order to become like a, a, an important guy in the church, you have to pay your first two years of salary. That's like kind of how much you had to pay the church in order to it's get like the an job. MLM church it, thing? It really, it the mathematics corruption. are very much like a pyramid scheme because eventually, <laughs> if the church keeps doing this, they're just going to run out of people, you know, if that's the way the church is trying to make money. But, but they didn't have, but the one thing that saved them was the incredible amount of death in the Middle Ages. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you didn't count on that guy could die tomorrow. <laughs> like There was no guarantee you'd stay alive to collect much money. And, it, and you would collect, you know, people were expecting to, expected to tithe their you know earnings tithe ten percent or whatever it was, and then they were selling indulgences <laughs> to pay for things. So it was a very lucrative time to be a corrupt bishop or whatever. And they fucked kids probably. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean well, that's a given. <laughs> that tells you something about the world that like Martin Luther had ninety five issues and he didn't get around to fucking children. <laughs> He was like, look what they're doing. They're not filing their taxes properly. Like, is well, they really? were fucking marrying them back then. So it wasn't like a big deal. They didn't marry... Ch- I mean, they married children to other children. Or, yeah, a, so or like, like if, a 13-year-old girl well, to a 40-year-old man. If a kid can man. marry a kid, I can't marry a kid. That's fucked up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I could be married with a kid. Was that Almost one of my, the same. One of the comedians I really like. It was like... like if I fuck a kid, I'm a pedophile. But if a kid fucks me, I'm still a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Bo, Bo Burnham, right? Bo Burnham, yeah. Very. 
It's very true. Not that kind of, you just never say that when you're like applying to your kid's private school. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I have? I do have one question, Principal Smith. Uh, uh, tell me, tell me this. Tell me about your double standards. Um, anyway, so then they escape. Oh, but there was also a thing earlier on where they were on the boat and the boat was going to sink, and Ohm saved them by beseeching the sea goddess because he was able to do some sort of fucking God Roberts rules bullshit. <laughs> like I, you, you must take my wish, and you have to because I am a god. You have to take my call. And the sea queen was like, you have fucking one believer, dude. And he's like, it still counts. And he was, he was like, don't don't kill, don't sink this ship. He's like, well, you're going to pay for it later. And then after, you know, 45, 50 pages of hilarity, you've lost track of that. But she didn't because then they're on the boat. And they also have what is clearly like a steam engine, which is also a historically true thing. I forget which Greek guy kind of invented the steam engine like 2,500 years ago. Like a very, very primitive thing that they never thought to do anything with. They're like, that's cool. And then they just like, back to olives. How can I use this to fuck kids? <laughs> Will this help me to uh, anally penetrate a nephib? <laughs> but <laughs> but they, they, there was, an, and, um, and uh, the other, like, I don't know if it was Turkey, but somewhere in like the Mediterranean world, there was someone else who had basically invented train tracks. <laughs> Some Anatolian. So, so it's, it was almost... The, the Industrial Revolution almost happened like 2,000 years ago in Greece. <laughs> they had the pieces. They were just not quite there. Well, they forgot how to make concrete. They're not going to remember how to make a fucking steam engine. That was the Romans. The Same Greeks shit. forgot how to do work. <laughs> <laughs> forgot how to pay their taxes. So what the slaves uh, are for. <laughs> so they have this ship that has like a steam engine basically on it. And there's a guy like... This would be really useful on land. I'll like put something like a cart, and they're like, "Fucking no, it wouldn't." <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you're right. You can't paddle on land. Uh, you're right. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so then they're taking this as their ship to escape, and then of course the sea queen is like, "Oh, you owe me. I want to kill all of them, but you can keep your like one guy." It's like, oh fuck. So then they get shipwrecked because the gods are all very petty assholes. He got that part right. I mean, Old, Old Testament God is a douche. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's just like, cut off the tip of your penis because I said so. Like, well, come on, man. <laughs> really? Why? <laughs> just trust me. You'll do it if you love me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to feel great. <laughs> I just like the way they look then. <laughs> I, I just, I fucked up when I did this in the first place, and I'm not going to change it. I just need you guys to just do this from now on. This is like when I was designing them, scarves were in, but now <laughs> I'm just... I'm just really into cowl neck sweaters. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I don't like turtlenecks. It's just really not my thing. <laughs> Speaking of turtlenecks, this book. <laughs> so they, the boat crashes, and the turtle, Ohm, and uh, brother end up in the desert. Well, they wash also, up on the shore. They wash up on the shore of the near the desert. I mean, clearly this is like you know the 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 Middle East. I mean, clearly they're going from they they you know uh, Om is you know Christianity, and they're going back to Jerusalem, even though it's not called that. You know, it's just all desert. 
ending ending back in like you know the Sinai or something like that, and so there, Vorbis is like not dead, not quite dead, but he's like not awake either, because his fleet of ships was also destroyed in the in the sea god storm, and so it's just him catatonic, with brother and the tortoise. I guess as a sea goddess, she's um she's really dumb. <laughs> she like she says she has the attention span of like an onion. Uh, onion baji, or I think is what it said. Like she just quickly forgets about that other sacrifice, and, it's like, and also she's able to just make her own sacrifices. She fucking kills people, and then by sending storms, so she forgets. And of the first ship, he's like, "Ooh, more ships!" So she sinks all of them. Yeah, and and Vorbis is is uh, you know temporarily stunned. Alm is like tells brother, just leave him. Uh, like we don't need him. He's he's a bad person, and brother's like, no. We can't let someone die. That would be wrong. Oh, Ohm has been trying to get uh, Brother to kill Vorbis the whole book, basically, because he recognizes that Vorbis is a sociopath because he's the leader of the Inquisition, and, and he's convinced him that torturing people to death is good. <laughs> and when Vorbis sees Ohm the turtle, he just puts it on its back to see what will happen to it in the sun. Like, he just had no, he's just, he's just an evil guy. Like a comically, comically evil guy. So he's like very, and also by the way, his Ohm is powerless. He's been trying to curse people the whole time, and they're really funny curses. Where he's just like, "I may your your knees turn into jello or whatever like stupid <laughs> shit." He's like, but he's like a thousand knives in your ass. He's <laughs> just like <laughs> shouting these things, and nobody could hear him except brother. He makes a very very tiny cloud. And a little tiny lightning bolt strikes someone. And it feels but like a he, static shock. At one point, like when Vorbis comes in early on, he's like, kill him. Throw him off the boat right now. Kill that guy. He's awful. So this is now it's and, and Om way says, more evidence. <laughs> and Om says, do unto others before they do unto you. I believe that's, that's like what the satanic church teaches. <laughs> well, also Om is, you know, the whole time, Brother, because because brother has a photographic memory uh, to the max, he is like real good at uh, monking because he knows all the scriptures like like the back of his hand, uh, which he also knows very well because of his photographic memory. Um, <laughs> and he keeps asking about all the other prophets and all the stuff that Ohm has decreed. And Ohm is just constantly like, "I never said that. I don't want to talk about who who was that guy. Was he the one with the bad teeth?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, the church has made up a bunch of shit about what people are supposed to believe and what they're supposed to do as Omnians, which is part of the reason that he has no more followers. So now they're in the desert and trying to remember. And, they have to and now they're walking. Them. Now they have to cross the desert. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, brother... Which is also the place you go when you die. You have to cross the desert. Mm. Death takes you across there to judgment. Different so, one, though. It's more of a metaphysical desert. Right. Or the Maybe an emotional desert. one. It's all a flat circle world. Who knows? Um, yeah. And so, uh, uh, Bretha is carrying Vorbis for a while, and then they like, and along this like trek, uh, um, finally tells Bretha, "You're my only believer. That's the problem. Like people, all people don't believe. Maybe they used to believe in me, but now they only believe in the ritual, the organization. They they only believe in like the. Uh, they don't believe in me, and that's why." Uh, and that's why I'm so weak. And he says, like, oh, yeah, there are tons of other gods that have, just have no one. 
which yes, you're right. It is just like um, American Gods, same same concept. Uh, this came out first though. Yep. And and Neil Gaiman loved Terry loves Terry Pratchett, so not surprising. He clearly read it. I mean, they wrote a book together. <laughs> I think I think Neil Gaiman said something about this somewhere, but I don't remember what he said. <laughs> but I think he did acknowledge that he probably got the idea from here. But he did a totally different thing with it, so I'm not, I wouldn't say that Neil Gaiman plagiarized or anything. Well, wait, here you go. Neil Gaiman's reason... Uh, Neil Gaiman wrote, Small Gods is, the o- is one of the only things Terry wrote that I've never read, although we've talked a lot about it while he was writing it, because I knew that I'd want to write my own book in the territory one day. And now it's one of the few books of Terry's I haven't read because as long as I don't read all of his books, I have something waiting for me on a very bad day up the line. And anyway, it means he's still here. Oh, interesting. So he never read it because he's like, I want to do that thing too. <laughs> okay, Neil. Sure. <laughs> he definitely had his and own Vanilla Ice definitely never heard that <laughs> song by Queen. Yeah, yeah. and your dog oh, No, he, he heard it. That's that how he knows it's different. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, you were yeah, you were just uh that was a pop-up that website, Neil. That was not what you <laughs> searched for. <laughs> I don't know who clicked it either. All right. Giraffe porn. <laughs> they're necking. So um they're crossing the desert. That's where we left off. Okay. And, and meanwhile, there's like all the other city-states cuz Omnia has been kind of empire building. They are looking to overthrow their their Omnian overlords. And that's what Simony has been trying to stir up. So it's like another thing that's happening while this is going on. Uh, so eventually Vorbis wakes up and he hits Brother in the head and then carries Brother all the way back to the city of Alm or whatever it is. And then Brother wakes up a week later and it's like, what happened? They're like, oh, yo, Vorbis, who is now the what He's was the, the title? Prophet, right? Oh yeah, so now, so Vorbis is is the is the great prophet, is the eighth prophet, and clearly in that clearly the head of this whole church. But he said to, I need like to see you pr- as soon as you wake pre- up. Prebioc or something? Prentioc? I don't know. Something like. That. Oh yeah, that's that like a weird hesiarch kind of word there. Yeah, I forgot what it was. Cent- Centobiarch. Prebiotic. Pre-biotic. <laughs> Prebiotic, yeah. <laughs> Probiotic. Uh, so, and he, um, uh, so Brother is like, no, uh, Vorbis, you can't do that. And so Vorbis is going to put Brother to death as a heretic out in the, out in the courtyard by strapping him to the, up, up, in, in the sun to the back of a giant bronze turtle or tortoise. And he's just going to, like, until he just wastes away. But in the middle of this whole, like, ceremony, Alm, the god, the tortoise, has engineered this thing to, like, get the eagle to pick him up and then make the eagle drop him right on Vorbis's head, killing him. And then when, uh, because this happens in front of all these people, in front of all the people watching, they, like they, they say, yeah, it's a miracle, it's a sign. And so they immediately make Brother the head of the church even though... Well, they, they immediately start to believe in Ohm directly again, and he becomes not a tortoise. 
Yes, so Ohm realizes that by actually thinking about people and not only about himself, that that's how he can convince people to actually believe in him. So that's that's his, like, you know, his journey. Uh, <laughs> it's, that, that's the lesson he learns. And then there's all this stuff about the, like, battle, and then there's the, like, the, the inventor guy builds a, a tortoise, the medieval siege engine, to... <laughs> do this thing somehow because they're going to attack something. But then, oh yeah. So attack a, Omnia. A Phoebe, but yet a Phoebe has also sent an army across the sea to attack Omnia because they were just assholes and tried to take them over. So brother goes out by himself, like all on his own to meet the, to meet the whole invasion, uh, the whole invasion force. And it's like, wait, wait, stop. I need to talk. And he's like, we, we, you know, we give up or like, let's, we're not, we're not a threat anymore. Can't we just make a deal? Cause now suddenly he's the head of the church and head diplomat. And, and he's also clearly the true like prophet, but brother wants to start a constitutional religion. <laughs> and they're like all the, and um, it keeps saying, Oh no, here are the, the commandments. If you are going to do this and brother's just like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Gonna be nice to people. Um, what a stupid idea for a religion. There's still, even though it was only like the last ten percent of the book, there are like so many things that just happen. Well, they, I, like, know they I like Dun Manifestin gets... is the place where the gods go. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Om like, goes uh-huh. to visit the other gods, and they get into a fight, and he kicks everybody's ass, and blah 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 and you know then there's a time jump and but that's how he gets the fighting to stop right he tells the yeah, other gods yeah cuz he like, has the other gods of the gods of the other cities like you got to stop them so he puts him in a like a, gives him like a real bad indian bird or something i don't know <laughs> he's like and then he convinces the other gods to stop the fighting and they listen to their gods and then everyone is not going to fight and then everything gets better for a while and and brother teaches Ohm to like not be a dickhead and to care about his believers and not just want them to be sacrificed and eat their hearts and whatnot. And he says, I won't smite anyone for a hundred years. Which is like, I guess a good, pretty good concession for uh, a God. And I think, then, uh, oh, I think brother makes a deal with death for the next hundred years. Um, but that when Ohm won't smite the Omnian citizens, I thought that too. Yeah. And the, is a, he'll get to be the leader for 100 years because he lives exactly 100 years to the day. And then he dies, brother dies. That's like the time jump at the end, right? Yeah. And then death is like, time to go on the desert walk. And you know, there, that's cool. But then in the meantime, he meets Vorbis there. Vorbis, who has been dead for 100 years, that hasn't gone on a desert walk. He's been sitting there because he's a little bitch. Well, because like, I forget now, was it because he was just so shocked or something like that he was wrong or that he was just, he has failed. I forget why he like just sat there like a little, little bitch. Well, so time moves differently there. So he, they're not sure how long he's actually been sitting there, but it's a hundred years in our time or Discworld's time. Who knows? How oh, long that is. it's because, um, Vorbis is, Vorbis thought he was really doing the work of Ohm, but it was just his own fucking inner monologue. He was listening to, that was, you know, he was, he deluded himself to think that. Into doing what he wanted rather than yeah, that he, by that, telling yeah, himself, he, God wants me to do this. Yeah, I think that's what got, and so his 
his evil scheming was for his own benefit and had nothing to do with the God. And so he's just like, whoops, like shocked. He doesn't know how to do with that knowledge. So brother, of course, because he's nice, helps him. And then, uh, and then there was like the other monk that I forgot about from the beginning, who was like the old Chinese man who was almost lost. Those are the the history monks who are basically otherworldly gods that live for a long time, and they make sure that history happens the way it's supposed to. But he interfered a little bit by flipping Ohm back onto his front after Vorbis flipped him. Oh, and right. He's back to the time abbey. He's like, you know that like big war that was supposed to happen. And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, it's not going to happen. Uh, it's different. I was like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> womp, womp. The end. So what did you guys think? So I thought it was great. I thought it was really funny. And just my kind of thing. We, we recently <laughs> read, I don't know when this is coming out, but we recently read Cat's Cradle, which is satire. Not about this stuff, but of different stuff. But it's satire, but in a way that... I didn't enjoy actually reading, whereas this is the kind of thing, for I, whatever the difference is, like, I think this is a lot more fun to read. It also was just happens to be stuff that I know about, about the history of science and religion and philosophy, and I, w- I knew enough to, like, get all the references, or at least a lot of them. So, like, oh, that's so funny, kind of, kind of thing, like, every, every three sentences. But, and so, for me, I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought I thought most of it was very good. I enjoyed the the, fun, the funny parts were really funny. Like I I still think about the line when he first meets the tortoise talking to him. He's like, "Have you met a lot of talking tortoises?" Like, "I don't know." Like, what do you mean you don't know? I was like, oh, yeah. the ones I was around, maybe they just didn't have anything to say right then." And I was like, "Okay, well, that, I never thought of it that way." <laughs> yeah, that, that's I, the kind of I, humor that yeah, I expected from this stupid, goofy stuff. And I liked all the stupid, goofy stuff. I think it dragged. Whenever it got too serious, and there was a lot of serious parts in this, so I was like, eh, you know, it's whatever. I, th- I think there was some middle chunks that it could have done without. And I did not get all the references, because I don't know all this shit, but that part doesn't matter much to me. I like the funny parts, and I got all the veiled references that, you know, making fun of Catholicism. Uh, so I'd say, overall, I enjoyed it, but parts of it were just like, eh, it's like the Christopher Moore books. It's like, it's funny when it wants to be funny, but then when it gets to be serious, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know, this part doesn't really vibe as well for me. I, th- I thought it just, it could have been streamlined a little bit because I think funny things don't, can't, shouldn't drag on too long. Like 400 pages for a comedic novel is pretty, uh, pretty long. But I did think it was really funny. And there were lots of types of jokes, right? So there were, like reference things that were funny, then there were like wordplay kind of jokes, and then there were just ridiculous images. Like he has lots of different types of humor, so we kept it kind of feeling fresh. For example, I'm just looking through my notes, what I highlighted, and I, this is a funny joke that I read twice to make sure I got it when they were talking about this character we didn't mention, who maybe he's in other books, but he's cut me own hand off, de blah, whatever the fuck his name was, who is like a, a guy selling bullshit, and he's like, oh, I'm cutting my own hand off to give you that price, right? And he, they describe him as, quote, a purveyor of suspiciously new holy relics, <laughs> suspiciously old rancid sweetmeats on a stick, gritty figs, and long past the sell-by dates. And I was like, I had to read that twice. I was like, aha, 
funny date jokes. That is only the second date joke I think I've ever heard. <laughs> pretty good. You know, so there were lots of funny things. And they're pretty, pretty quick. Um, it got complicated, like, because there were characters, like, I didn't know mattered, and then they all of a sudden, they seemed they to matter. They threw in a bunch of new characters, like, two-thirds like, of, like, of the way in. He's like, who the fuck is Earn? And who the fuck? <laughs> These <laughs> bunch of characters just come out of nowhere. Like, was I, was I like, not paying? Because, fr- frankly, lately, I've been reading only at night when I'm, like, half asleep, so I'll, like, fall asleep, and the Kindle smacks me in the nose. And I'm like, maybe I just fixed, maybe I fucked up reading this part. I don't remember any of this. Well, they but, added, like... Like the thing with Ohm and Brother was always good, always good parts. But then they added on like a full scale revolution with new characters two thirds of the way in. You're like, oh shit, what's going on? Yeah. And a lot of that part was stuff that dragged for me. The last third got yeah. really complicated and also you knew kind of didn't matter. I mean, it matters in terms of resolving the story, but it's like, yeah, I, it, it, but. It was just like super yeah. complicated with lots of new stuff and lots of new p- characters. Just like another funny line. Uh, it's just like, he, much like Cat's Cradle and other books like this, I suppose. Pratchett uses this as an opportunity to make fun of a lot of different things. And he's clearly his main target is organized religion, but he's also or, attack, he just makes fun of philosophers. And I like when he says, when they're in the library of all the philosophers' works and they're arguing over which ones are worth saving and which ones are stupid. And the guy goes, um, no one comes in here much. These aren't books for reading. They're more for writing. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably it's pretty true about most philosophy. <laughs> like No one fucking reads that shit or needs to. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of little funny jabs at different things. Oh, another just ridiculous thing I highlighted was the, it's spelt funny, but there was like, they're listing the books and one is, is called On the Nature of Plants by Orange Crates. <laughs> it's like the guy's name, but it's spelt weirdly. So it doesn't necessarily look like, like a crate of fruit right away. It's, it's, there's funny, cute jokes. It was a little long, but I still, I still really liked it. I guess this is my third Discworld book. I'm not against reading more in the future. This is my second. Yeah, Nate's done like a bunch of them, probably. Yeah, I did. I did more. More like I, I looked for like what are the best ones and just kind of like skipped around and did those. Most of them take don't take place in this city. They take place in Ankh-Morpork, and which was mentioned in this many a time. Yeah, because that's because if you're if you because he'd already written like twelve books about Ankh-Morpork, so you know the people who are reading Discworld when it's coming out, are like, oh wait, is this, what is this? How does this connect? And it's like, yeah, so that's kind of what it's about. So I read a bunch of those, and, you know, there's some other ones of those we could do someday. I, if we did one I a year, we'd be done in half a century. <laughs> well, he's dead. There are not more ones coming out. Yeah. I read that title of that city, like, that name of the city, like, 17 times to see was I missing a joke, besides it just being more pork. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like Ankh more pork. Like I was like putting emphasis in different places. <laughs> like, is it is it like a is it like it's like the names we make Nate say? <laughs> like is it It's it's like one of those books where, you know, there are a lot of jokes like that. So you end up reading stuff that isn't jokes and thinking like, what am I missing here? But it's like, yeah. no, you're not missing anything. That's just a word. Yeah. Which Or we are it, missing it. it. Who knows, right? <laughs> you know, so I just I'm skimming because I wanted to see when Terry Pratchett died, which is twenty fifteen, by the way. And on his uh, his Twitter, after he died, his assistant wrote, 
in all caps, which is the way death speaks. <laughs> at last, Sir Terry, we must walk together. Was the last. Uh, is this, uh, at last, Sir Terry, we must walk together. All in caps without quotes, because that's how death always talks. And said, Terry took death's arm and followed him through the doors and on to the black desert under the endless night. The end. Kind of like. I can respect that. He, he was like, his fans, the fans of Discworld, which are many, it was like, it was like almost cult-like, which is kind of funny for the book that's all about making fun of religion, but how devoted the fans were to that, that to this, to this dude in his series. Um, but I, I'm game to read more. I'm for it. Yeah. Definitely. I liked it. They're silly. That's, yeah, I can't, I, I could not, I know some people, a friend of ours who plowed through, has read the whole series, I'm sure at this point, you know, probably some of them more than once. And I couldn't handle that much of this. I would need some palate cleansers after a book. Like I could, if I if, they, if I read another Discworld now, I feel like it would be too much of it. But if yeah. you read one every couple of months, you'll get through them pretty fast. You'll be done reading. by the time you die, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's. I think there were like forty three. Is that number I want to say? But I could be making that up. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll chip away if people want us to read them. We never mentioned the Patreon. We have one of those too. But if you want us to read more, you should let us know. 41 novels there. And you should tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. We never said who is this for, but it's maybe for you. Uh, but follow us on uh, Twitter, drunkguysbc, or on X, as they call it now. Oh, God. Uh, and find us on Facebook and Instagram. They are still called that at Drunk Guys Book Club. And you won't find us on threads. It's fucking bullshit. I'm not making another thing. No, no, not today, lizard man. but you can find us on goodreads where it will always be called that because no one really thinks about goodreads we get new fans and friends and followers and i mean like the billionaires of the world don't care about goodreads no no (laughs) well except jeff bezos who owns goodreads i don't know if he knows he owns it can't read this in space (laughs) (laughs) and check out the hopped up network a network of independent beer podcasters and thanks for listening